so we're in a series, The Journey Home, and this week is Full House, and um, when I think of Full House, I'm like, that sitcom, <laughs> Uncle Jesse, and you know, I, where's Chrissy? I bet you, Chrissy, you watched Full House, didn't you? You loved Uncle Jesse, you had a crush on Uncle Jesse, didn't you? You still have a crush on Uncle Jesse, don't you, don't you, Chrissy? For some reason, I just see Chrissy watching Full House. It must be that that 80s, 90s child, like just loving Full House. But I want to talk a little bit about Full House, but mostly I want to go into a prophetic word that God gave me about a month ago for myself, but in particularly for this 5 p.m. service. So let us start. We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I feel prayer doesn't even need words. Just come, Lord. Jesus. May you be glorified and magnified tonight, Jesus. May you do the work in every person's heart that needs to be done in their spirit and their mind. Thank you, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, full house. Who wants to see this house a full house? Who wants to see this place overflowing? You know, I, I'm a pastor of a location. It's fun. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. But like, but you'll hear later about my year. It's been similar to Brooks. <laughs> it's hard work as well. It's definitely hard work. But my belief is actually that it's not the responsibility of the pastors to build the house. The pastor's responsibility is to look after the sheep that are in the house. It's the sheep. It's the community of the church that needs to go out and bring the people in. We just sung that song, How Great Is Our God. All the world will see how great is our God. How are they going to see unless we show them? How are, we gonna, how are they going to see unless we bring them into this house and give them a taste of what God is like? In 1 Peter 5, 2 in the Amplified Version, it says, Shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you. This is for pastors. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntary, according to the will of God, and not motivated for sh shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm. enthusiasm. Shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you. It's for the pastors to look after the people in the church. It's for the church to fill the house, to go out and to be the invitation, to bring people into the house of God. That's how this house will grow. That's how all our locations across Sydney will grow is because people go out and they bring the people in. And we serve great pastors. And yes, they're called to be the example, and I know that they are. I don't know if Pastor Hartley would tell you that he went out and delivered 3,000 pamphlets for Christmas Spectacular himself because he had nothing better to do, obviously. 
No, because he wants to build the house and he wants to be the example. That's our pastor who's working full time around the clock, probably does way more hours than what he's paid for, but he found the time to deliver 3,000 pamphlets. They set the example, but let us, let us take it up. Let us build this house. Let us have a passion to see this house full. If I can get everyone to stand up. This mic is so powerful. Stand up. Sit down, Chrissy. Stand. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. She's hating that. She's so, why am I picking on you tonight? I'm sorry, Chrissy. Can you sit down if you don't love Jesus? If you sit down, we'll say a prayer at the end and we'll, we'll turn that around for you. Can you sit down if you don't want to walk out your call? Can you sit down if you don't want to be a part of his will? So I'm going to free you guys up. Some of you already know what your purpose is. You know what your call is. You're walking in it. You're running in it. You're in your sweet spot. But for a lot of you, you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? What is my call? What is my purpose? God, use me, use me, use me. What am I supposed to be doing? Can I tell you when I'm thinking about full house, the one thing that keeps coming back, the Great Commission, the Great Commission, every single one of us has been commissioned to go out to all nations, to go out our door right there, all nations, right on our doorstep. We don't have to walk for hours and miles and miles and miles to go to all nations. It's right here. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of any circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end of age. The great commissioning. That's it. It's as simple as that. You don't know your will of God, the will of God. It's right there. It's right there. It's to go out. It's to teach people about Jesus and bring them back here so the pastors can look after their sheep. You can sit down if you want to be part of that. <laughs> Pastor Mick's not sure. He's like, maybe. <laughs> well, we've been marked with the authority of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Like I said, it's right outside that door. It's not like we have to go far to go to all nations. It's right there. There's one other story that came to mind when I was um, preparing for this preach, and it's the, the story of the Good Samaritan. And I'm going to read it. It's a little bit lengthy, so stay with me. It's in Luke 10. 30 to 37, and it says, Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he encountered robbers who stripped him of his clothes and belongings. They beat him and went their way, unconcerned, leaving him half deaf. Now, by coincidence, a priest was going down that road, 
And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, Olivier also came down to that place and saw him and passed on by the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, a foreigner who was traveling, came upon him. And when he saw him, he was deeply moved with compassion for him and went to him and bandaged him up, pouring oil and wine on them, on his wounds to soothe and disinfect the injuries. And he put him on his own pack animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next on the next day, he took out two denarii, two days' wages, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I return. Which of these three do you think proved himself a neighbor to the man who encountered the robbers? He answered, The one who showed compassion and mercy to him. Then Jesus said, Go and constantly do the same. It's not good enough just to have one story, is it? We can't just live off one story of seeing a salvation. Jesus is saying, constantly do this, constantly care for my people, constantly bring them into me. But there's a few things that stuck out in this story to me. Firstly, the Samaritan was the most unlikely person out of all who crossed the path. You know, if you were walking, if you were injured on the road and Pastor Hartley or Pastor Matt walked past you and just like, oh, just going to creep over to the other side, I didn't see that. I mean, how would you feel like a man of God or woman of God just walking you by? The most unlikely man stopped and he saw and he tended to him. He went above and beyond what he needed to do. He went the extra mile. He took the man somewhere. He took him to the inn. He took him to a place where he could find rest. He took him to a place where someone could look after him, where he could look after him. He took him to a place where there was a follow-up of his care. Are we bringing the wounded into this house, into the inn, where there's a follow-up of their care? Because it doesn't all just rest on you. Sometimes you're just one part of someone's story. You might just be the person that leads them here. But it might be someone else that follows up the story with that person. He used wisdom. He just didn't give the guy the money. He gave it to the innkeeper. He gave it to the innkeeper. He used wisdom. He's like, I'm not just going to you know, give this guy money. I don't know him. I'm going to give it to the person that I know is going to look after him and make sure he gets everything that he needs. And the last thing again, we are commissioned to go and constantly do the same. Who are you carrying? Who are you bringing into the house of God? Who do you know in your life, in your world that is wounded and needs to know Jesus? There's so many opportunities, but I know for myself, I fight with them all the time out of fear, out of being too busy out of just, I, I don't know, the, 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 a multitude of things that will keep you from bringing someone to life. When we put on the events like Christmas Spectacular and Every Woman and Presents and the people that are in the midst of that are carrying people on their back. And can I tell you, I have had some really bad weeks leading up to Every Woman events like really bad, I'm like, what is going, like the whole world is falling apart, what is going, oh, it's every woman this week, 
the attack from the enemy is real, but it's because I'm carrying people's salvations along the way. We're carrying each week people's salvations to bring them here on a Sunday. Who are you carrying? Five years ago, there was a couple who came into our morning service. Wendell's and I still did the morning service here at Silverwater. And can I tell you, I'm not really a bold person with one-on-one. I don't actually really like talking to people that much. <laughs> I, I re- it's, not my, it's not in my natural gifting. Like I have to actually force myself to have a conversation with someone. Unless I know you well, then that's easy. But to walk up to someone new and actually have a conversation, it's not really my strength. My husband's all over. I just leave it up to him. He just hugs them and loves them. And, and that's so he covers me in that way. But I saw this couple. I walked out the doors and I came back in and I saw this couple at the back. And obviously I didn't bring them here. They were already here. But something in me said, you can't let those people leave. Don't let them leave. And I was like, oh, okay. I sat down, and I just couldn't get them out of my head the whole service. I just kept thinking of them, thinking of them. Like, oh, God, I really don't want to have to talk to these people. <laughs> like, I really don't want to, but okay, like, I'm feeling this really strong, so I'm going to have to be obedient and do this. Anyway, the service finished, and I kind of raced to them because I didn't want them to walk out the door. And I caught up with them. We went down to the glass house, we had coffee, we spoke, we chatted, Dylan was there, he was chatting as well, they had a little girl, they were pregnant with a baby, they were new to the country, and this was their first time at Silverwater, and first time I think at any church in Sydney, and so we really connected, we really spent quite a bit of time with them chatting and talking, and we swapped numbers, and we are like, oh, let's do lunch or dinner sometime, you know, they're really nice people, and... um, I think they came one more time and we caught up again. It was great to see them, just loved them. It was an instant connection. And then a few days after that second encounter, so after like just two weeks of knowing these people, we get a phone call that she's been admitted to hospital. And it was about this time last year. And um, she was pregnant with a baby and things were going really, really wrong. And they knew no one. They had no one in this place. They were in a a new country, a new culture, trying to fit in, trying to find a way. New baby on the way, but baby was seriously, seriously ill. So I remember I went to visit her in the hospital, and it was kind of overwhelming because I didn't really know them that well, and they didn't really know me that well, but we spoke and we just prayed with them and just believed with them. And anyway, their baby was born. Um... And unfortunately died three days later. They had a funeral for her just a few days before Christmas, five years ago, where Dylan sung. Pastor Hartley led the service. It was his first funeral. There was only a very small amount of people there. And I just know that there's so many people with stories like that, that God is putting in your path to reach out to them and pull them close. I actually do not, and it's not me, I'm not saying I made them stay in this church, but I don't believe they would have ever come back if someone hadn't reached out for them that day. 
And can I tell you, they are now thriving in this church. They're on our worship band. They have a beautiful baby boy now on top of the daughter they already had. And they're going out to Parramatta soon. Where's Leon? Kristen's here. (laughs) And they're an amazing couple that have just gone through a really hard time but come out because they were in the house of God, being taken care of in a full house where a community came around them. It's so important and it's just like what Gerard was saying, you know, being in the house of God, just being in the house of God and having those people around you. Who are you carrying? Who are you carrying into this house? Who are you caring for? Because we all need to be caring for someone to see it grow. We want to see that mezzanine full, not just in the morning services, but in the night services too. We don't want these black sheets on there. Like, I think they've just been sort of put together. (laughs) I don't think they were, like, I think there's sheets sewn together. Like, let's get rid of those, right? (laughs) Let's see this place full, a full house. Um, I I know it's going to happen. I'm excited it's going to happen, but it takes the activation of every single person's gifting to come and play the game and get on board and see this house full. So I'm going to go into, um, I guess, the second part two of this word here tonight. And it's a word that God spoke to me personally about, oh, I've got it. I've got it here the 16th of December, but it was earlier than that because I must have typed more stuff on it. It was about a month ago. And I've had a really tough year, a really tough year. The Brooks said it well. We've had tough years. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Similar years, family stuff going on, church stuff going on. I don't own my own business, but thank God for that, I think. <laughs> But just so much stuff going on to the point where I literally felt like I was drowning. I literally felt like I was going to go under. I felt like I, even if I didn't go under, I was going to choose to just go. Like it was just, I'm, I'm done. Like I have nothing left. And I spent this year just being taken out by waves. And I would just sort of pop up again. And I'm like, okay, we're out. You know, I'm catching my breath. And then, boom, just another wave of something, some sort of circumstance or sickness or family thing come over me. And I'd just be like, what is going on here? What is wrong with me? Why can't I catch my breath? Why can't I get back on top of life? Like, why why am I fighting and striving all the time and not getting anywhere? Like, I was starting to get annoyed at myself. Like, oh, my gosh, I know what to do because... I tell other people what to do. <laughs> like I advise other people on this stuff and I'm sinking and it's like, what is going on here, God? But breakthrough slowly starts to come. And God said to me after a series of events about a month ago, he said, it's time to stop treading water and start walking on it. And you know, that season of testing, that season of sifting, I hated it, but it's done something inside of me. It's strengthened me. It's filtered my heart. I actually feel like I've been taken back to the start. I feel like I'm, I'm aligned with God's purpose. I feel like I know what my purpose is. I feel like I'm 
you know, like I'm just like realigned and it's just amazing. It's a, gr- it's a great feeling when you come through the other side and I'm seeing miracles. I'm seeing miracles all around me. They might be small, but I'm seeing them happen. I'm seeing breakthrough happen. I'm seeing things pop up. and I'm seeing that growth like Dorian was talking about, that palm tree just bringing back to life. And I just feel like as we go into the end of the year, God was saying to me, finish it strong. See, I'm telling you, you guys all spoke about this. (laughs) Finish it strong. Go out strong. And as I started to write this word out and as I started to get this download from God, my eyes keep landing on this very service. On 5 p.m. Silverwater service, my eyes just kept on being drawn back to this service. And I knew that it wasn't just a word for me, but it's a word for this church. And I can liken it to Christmas, Christmas lunch, the Christmas feast, the excitement of Christmas as a child, because it's not that exciting when you're adult, let's be honest. (laughs) Buying presents and cooking all day and doing dishes, that's not fun, guys. It's fun when you're a kid and Santa's real, and <laughs> that's what's fun about Christmas. But that's, that's what I felt like, that it's anticipation as a child at Christmas time, like something's coming, something's coming, something's coming, like it's excitement, there's an excitement in the air, and I hear it in Pastor Phil's voice, he's saying he can hear that rustling of the Holy Spirit through the trees, and I can hear it, I can hear that something's happening in this house, I can hear that something's happening in this movement, and I'm excited, and I'm anticipating an awesome Christmas feast where Jesus will lay out spiritual gifts on a table where he will prepare a feast and he will invite every single person who wants to attend to attend. It's up to you if you want to sit at that Christmas table or not. It's up to you. The invitation's there. And I'm believing as we sit down and we get spiritually fat, because let's face it, that's the only kind of fat we want to be, is spiritually fat as we eat and we, as we get that fatness from the Spirit, He's going to pour out gifts on us. We're going to open those gifts. We're going to receive those gifts. And He's going to empower us to finish 2017 strong and start 2018 even more strong. And as we go into this time of rest, and I heard Pastor Nat speak about it, and I want to echo it. As we go into this time of rest over the Christmas season, don't switch off. I have gone into many a time of rest, so tired, so over it, that I all pretty much took a holiday from God. I wouldn't say I was like a non-Christian and went out and did drugs and clubbing or anything like that, but I literally was like, I'm over it all. I'm over it all. I just need a break and I need a break from you. I don't want to pray. I don't want to worship. I just, and can you think about that? Your child, who you've been with all year, providing for, watching, helping. And then you were like, I've got a break coming up. I am so excited. This is Jesus talking. I'm so excited. I've got a break coming up, and I'm just going to pour out my love on them and my refreshing on them. We're going to have time together and there's going to be no agenda. It's just going to be me and you and we're going to hang out and I'm going to do all this stuff for you and it's going to be great. And then I'm like, sorry, Jesus, I'm going on holiday without you. Could you imagine if one of your kids turned around and said that to you? But I planned. 
planned for us to go to Wet and Wild. Like I planned for us to go to the beach. I planned for all these presents and gifts for you. I planned all these things for you. I just think like Jesus would be heartbroken. And in that time of, I need a break because I'm so tired, I got no break because my refreshment comes from him. So I want us to go into this break, pushing into him, pushing into him, expecting that he has something for you, expecting that he's going to refresh you, he's going to revive you. The, the words in my mind the last few weeks have been the resurrection power of Christ, the resurrection power of Christ, the resurrection power of Christ, just going over and over and over in my head. I'm like, the enemy comes to kill, still and destroy, but the resurrection power of Christ comes to bring it back to life, comes to bring freedom, comes to bring liberty. And that's what I'm believing. I'm believing for this time of rest. I'm believing for this feast laid out to whoever wants to eat. Whoever's hungry for more, whoever wants to open a gift, who wants more gifts from the Holy Spirit? Who does? Like, seriously, I love the Holy Spirit. I love unopening His presence. I love when I get a new tongue or a new sound come out. I love when I prophesy a word and it hits the point and that person is touched. I, I'm like in awe of God when those things happen because it's like He's real. Oh my gosh, He's real. And not only that, He would use me. He would use a donkey. If I can get the band to come up. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. So close to giving in so close to giving in. I've got to share this news, actually. This, this wasn't part of my preach, but I've got to share this news. So C3 Bankstown's been running for quite some time on zero staff, completely 100% voluntary based. And we just got approved of two days of admin. Two days of admin which the lovely Andrea J is gonna be taking on, our first employee at C3 Bankstown. And Amanda Regler does not have to do admin anymore, so I'm like, hallelujah, praise Jesus. I don't know if I, I didn't, I did it, but like, I don't know if I did it properly even. So like, <laughs> breakthrough comes, breakthrough comes, it comes. Even at, like when you're just at the end, and I literally was, I was at the end. One more thing and I was gone. I was gone. And I don't, I don't, there was a time a couple of months ago where I, I couldn't hardly even stand to be in this room because I felt so broken and so hurt and so just done. But God is so good. He comes and He heals and He highlights and He refreshes.